Hey, Fedheads, welcome back to another episode of Sharing Our Pairing. Uh, we're here live on Facebook, broadcast around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network, uh, and of course available on your favorite podcast catcher or as a rebroadcast on the YouTubes. Uh, I'm your host, Trip, here with my co-host, Dennis, and a very special guest, uh, Robert Holt. How are you guys doing? Awesome, man. Very good. Hey, hey, I appreciate it. Dennis Tripp, good to be with you guys. I don't know if it's a special guest, but we get to drink beer and smoke cigars together. So bless us for being part of it. You're you're always a special guest, Robert. <laughs> As in special ed? <laughs> uh, I'll let you choose. <laughs> we'll let them choose. <laughs> uh, and so before we start getting into the show, I do want to mention I've got a little widget and it is working. Uh, so that's what I was going to say. I've got this little widget. You'll see it in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen. Uh, it's a little small right now. I think I got to bump up the, uh, let me, this is a, a live beta test right here. So we've got a live scroll of your comments. So when you comment, people who are watching on YouTube or after the fact are going to be able to see those comments real time. Uh, Lou Rodriguez says, I still haven't painted that room. Um, <laughs> I mean, bro, this is my garage. Not... <laughs> I mean, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about the walls in my garage, but because of you and a couple other eagle-eyed viewers who have noticed, uh, you can't see it. It's just off camera, but I've got some paint right here and a roller and a tray and everything. I just need to have time to do it. All right. So, uh, of course, sharing our pairings is, as you probably know if you're watching, is a show where we smoke cigars and we drink some beverages. And tonight we've got a... Um, I mean, kind of a special cigar, but a special cigar because the man who blended it is here with us tonight. So this is the Southern Draw, Jacob's Ladder. And for those unaware, our special guest, Robert, here is the uh, the founder and chief evangelist. Is that right? Right. Of Southern Draw Cigars. So why don't we start off by just talking about this blend a little bit and where it came from and, and what makes it special? Um, again, I appreciate you guys having me on, get an opportunity to share about the cigar and really the message behind the cigar. Um, I'm sure a lot of folks have, have uh, seen or heard about it since IPCPR release, right? We all released it at the show. But uh, Jacob's Ladder, let's talk about the message first. Um, first of all, this my son's name is Ethan Jacob. Most people that have interacted with us down the road know. Uh, he's a big, bold, strong kid. He's about my size, about 6'3". He's a big kid, right? But he's got a little sweetness, a little subtleness to it, a lot of spirit. And really, this blend uh, really encapsulates his characteristics, his personalities. <laughs> uh, he's traveled quite a bit to the factory in Esteli. We, we really put him in charge of detail-oriented things that I'm not good at, which is uh, uh, packaging, uh, UP, uh, UPC code, SKUs, boxing, packaging and shipping, logistics stuff. Um, he's a little more attentive to detail, right? Um, and then the other side of this is obviously much like our core line. Jacob's Ladder is a flowering plant that uh, this color mm -hmm. scheme really emulates that that flower, the Jacob's Ladder. And the third po point in this this message is it is a biblical reference, just like our Rose of Sharon. It is a reference uh, to uh, Jacob's dream, uh, where uh, basically he uh, had a dream of this ladder that went from heaven to earth with angels coming up and down and where he was uh, reminded that he has an inheritance and he has responsibilities and uh, he's going to be held accountable. And really our objective in this story was at exposing Ethan at a young age to an incredible art form, an incredible culture, incredible time with the media and the consumers and the retailers. Is If this is the vehicle that he chooses to inherit, this brand and this company, um, this is a pretty good start. So uh, so here's to Ethan, Ethan Jacob, and 
being the inspiration behind this uh, this this new release from us. And then I think uh, the blend is important, right? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I don't think people that have smoked Southern Draw for the last three or four years trip uh, have any doubt that I love, absolutely adore, uh, well-fermented, aggressively fermented <laughs> Pennsylvania broadleaf, uh, even over the very popular Connecticut broadleaf. Uh, most importantly, kudos to A.J. Fernandez Cigar Company uh, and their incredible fermentation program. So that was chosen for the wrapper. Um, as you see, it's very toothy, very veiny. It's it's not smooth like the kudzu where it's box press, right? You can see some of the veins here. Um, this is a double Maduro. Um, it's Nicaraguan filler um, made up 100% of Nicaraguan filler. But most importantly, this is also a double Lajero. We have 25% uh, Esteli Lajero for the power. We have 25% mm. Jalapa Lajero, which really brings in that rich, in my opinion, a richer power, a sweeter power, kind of allows it to be approachable for people that wouldn't pick up a double Maduro, double Lajero otherwise. And I, I think it really tempered it down a little bit. Uh, we're double, basically a double broadleaf, double Lajero. And it's fantastic. So, I mean, so, and now that you mention it, I, I absolutely can taste the Jalapa Lajero and Esteli Lajero in there. The Esteli Lajero is like that black and white pepper on your palate. And then when you retrohale, it's like, it burns kind of, but kind of in a good way. I feel like I, I enjoy burn. that. Um, and then you get that like rich, meaty sweetness from the Jalapa Lajero. I love it. Both very key points and intended, and I'm glad you uh, picked up. They're not really nuanced flavors uh, in this cigar, as you just pointed uh, out. Yeah, certainly not. <laughs> and it's to me, it's the kind of cigar where if you're not paying too much attention to it, if you're, I always say mowing the lawn, even though I don't recommend anybody smoke something like this while they're mowing the lawn. It deserves your attention. Absolutely. But if you're smoking it while you're typing on your laptop or watching a movie or something like that, not giving it your full attention, you're still going to enjoy it a lot. And I feel like that's a key point. There, there are a lot of cigars that are only enjoyable if you pay full attention to them or they are they fall flat if you pay full attention to them and they're kind of better as a yard guard that you're just kind of smoking while you're not paying attention. And this is kind of the best of both worlds. And talking about construction too, in that regard, the, the burn is awesome on this. Oh, Solid, thick, nice and heavy, just exactly what you want. So this is a cigar, definitely you don't have to sit there and baby it. You can smoke it, you can kick it around a little bit, and it'll still keep going. Absolutely. Thank you. And before we get into our first beverages here, I know, I know, Robert, I can tell you're itching to get at that beer. Um, I've been on the wagon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have an audience question from Warren Watton, uh, which you can see in the bottom right-hand corner of your screen if you're watching on Facebook. Uh, Robert, do you have a preferred size that you use when you make a new blend? Um, I don't know if it's preferred, but the short answer is... Um, for our core line production, every cigar is blended. The final blend um, that goes into the aging room before full production is a Toro 652. That's with all the core line. Um, the only difference in that would be um, when you get into the quick draw line, which are intended to be smaller, classic style, 30 mm. to 45 minute cigars, um, we actually use a 5.5 by 40 short Panatella, kind of a a gringo version of a Panatella. Great uh, size. As that, as that, uh, as that uh, barometer. So 652 Toro and all of our full-size core line blends uh, is always what we blend to. And then we adjust the ratios. And again, as I said earlier, 
before we went live, the uh, aging and fermentation of the filler is adjusted based on the final uh, Vitola that we choose. For example, the Gordo gets more. Which, which is really interesting. As far as I know, not a lot of factories do that. Uh, they kind of use the same tobaccos throughout the line. Um, is that unique or is that just something I've never noticed before? I think it's probably both. I don't think it's okay. a practice, but if you're small and everything you put out is basically a risk to your entire brand and reputation, you've got to <laughs> some extra things yeah uh, but that comes with having the right partners and the right resources that have tobacco from the previous years or have more agent fermentation so uh being able to for the six and a half 60 for example to have uh fillers that have more age and more fermentation or have a little more ro robustness uh, a little more defined complexity if you will um sure sure makes it worth doing i think there's probably more of it that goes on than is ever advertised yeah uh yeah there's a lot of that in the industry that there are processes that everybody does that they just don't think about and so they never advertise it and it's just something that kind of flies under the radar right. um but we're not only here to talk about cigars we're here to talk about beers this beer. is our brews and ladders show i couldn't i tried to come up with a word that kind of rhymes with shoots for beer but i couldn't i couldn't <laughs> figure it out if we were doing shots, it could have been shooters and ladders, but I mean, ladders would have worked. Uh, so my first beer is let me get it in focus there. Bourbon County Stout. This is actually not the stout. This is actually the barley wine. Um, so this is it's of course from I mean probably everybody's heard of this, but I'll I'll kind of go over their history a little bit. This is from Goose Island Brewing. They're they were founded in Chicago as a brew pub in 1988, and then they opened their first commercial brewery in '95. Um, and in 2011, they were kind of the first big brewer, big craft brewery to be bought by Anheuser-Busch. Like when the, um, I mean, we're not, it's not really a craft beer boom right now, um, but it's kind of like the golden age of craft beer, I guess. And it, that was kind of the beginning of, of it coming to, a, to the forefront. Um, and so, I mean, say what you will about Anheuser-Busch, this beer is still very good. Um, I don't think Bourbon County has fallen flat ever when I've had it. Uh, so this is the barley wine variant of their Bourbon County series. The typical one is the stout that everybody sees. So this is a traditional English-style barley wine that they then age in bourbon barrels. And I actually learned in my research, they used to use third-use barrels for this particular beer. And this year they switched to second-use barrel, uh, which means that the whiskey came out and then the beer went in. So previously, they were probably using uh, Bourbon County stout barrels after they held stout. They switched to the barley wine. These are kind of more fresh barrels. So supposedly, you should get a little bit more of that bourbon character. Uh, clocks in at a... So I am going to say, I'm doing three barrel-aged beers this time. Um, and I'm not going in order of alcohol. I'm going in order of style. Uh, so this one is a barley wine, and then I've got a couple darker ones coming up. But this is a whopping 14.4 percent yeah. ABV. It is. It's a heater. But, but you know, you can't you can't really taste it, right? I actually had it a couple of weeks ago, and it was so smooth you couldn't notice that that it was 14. If I didn't tell you, you wouldn't know. Yeah, it's really not as strong as it seems. Uh, which which one of you guys wants to go first, describing your beer while I take a couple sips of this barley wine? Robert, you can go ahead. Okay. Go for it, Robert. I'm going to take everybody down a little trip to Texas, and we're going to go with uh, also three barrel aged, distinctly different, which we'll get one by one by one. But we're going to start off with the Jester King, mm. El Cedro. And to translate that means the cedar, right? So it's a little bit lighter. This is Jester King in Austin has been around for 
a decade, and it's a growing uh, microbrewery, but known for their uh, farmhouse ale style. Yeah. Um, but because of the cigar that we chose for tonight, um, and the uh, fact that we 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 start this cigar with a cedar sleeve, it has some of those aromas on the nose. Uh, almost everybody picks that up even before the sleeve, but the sleeve really enhanced it. This El Cedro is um, it's a it's a uh, uh, it's a cedar stay barrel aged beer. So this is uh, very hoppy. It's a citra hoppy. They use citra hops, so it does have a lot of fruitiness on the nose. It does have that kind of that dried citrus as you would expect. Um, but uh, uh, it's aged in Spanish cedar, not just cedar, but in Spanish cedar. Wow, that's so, really interesting. I, I didn't expect that. I assumed it was going to be normal cedar. Well, and you can see it. I mean, it's, it's it looks like I just took a year analysis, but uh, <laughs> but but that cedar really comes out right on the nose immediately, and it is it is really bright, and it has has that that almost a pineapple note to it. Um, but I tell you what, it's an unfermented beer. It's an unpasteurized beer. And I really thought maybe that that breadiness, that 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 you know that toasted you know characteristic might come through and complement well this first third of this cigar. So it's got a real long finish to it, but that cedar really sits on the palate. It's kind of like if you throw a cedar log in the fireplace, which I have next to me here, and you draw in a couple of those you know a couple of whiffs or yeah. use a cliff to light your cigar. It really has that finish. So we're going to start off. It's only eight percent, so you've trumped me. Trip has trumped a little bit. But, but, but we're going to get it started, and we're going to. I'm falling off the wagon today, so I'm going to start small today. But we're going to try this El Cedro from uh, Jester King here in Austin, Texas. That sounds fantastic. And it sounds like, I mean, the fact that they called it El Cedro and used Spanish cedar specifically makes it seem like it was really kind of meant to go with cigars. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that's that's a cool design. Well, I hope they call me tomorrow and send me over a, a couple of racks of these <laughs> I could share them because uh, they're pretty proud of them. <laughs> they're pretty <laughs> I tell you what, I, 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 it's a good way to start. Dennis, what are you drinking? All right, so I actually don't have any barrel-aged stuff tonight, um, and I ended up going with some IPAs, which is normal for me, but I go with the weird stuff, right? So Always. My, my, my first IPA of the night, camera up, is really weird, man. It's called Coffee Nade. It's a coffee lemonade IPA. Wow. Which is strange, right? Kind Very. Of thing like that. that has the potential to be really good or just really horrible, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this actually comes from Evil Twin Brewing Company, and this was a collaboration project with Omnipolo from Sweden, and it comes in at seven percent. So it's not bad. It's not not too strong at all. Um, kind of what kind you of would expect session. it to look like. Yeah, I mean for me, yeah, it's a session, right? <laughs> but the thing that's really cool about this, it has this. The coffee flavor is not overpowering. It's really subtle. It's subtle enough where you know there's some coffee in there, but it's not kind of like it doesn't take away from the notes of the hops. And this is also citra-based, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but the cool thing about this is the sourness. The lemon flavor comes out so well. And with the cigar, especially the first third of the cigar, the spice that you get, that really nice kick of the black pepper, gets mellowed out really well from the from the, the citrus and the sour notes. And it's almost like a palate cleanse. So I'm loving it so far, man. That sounds awesome. So I feel like... Uh... Coffee and IPA go together way better than anyone would Surprisingly, expect. Surprisingly, right, right? Like, Surprisingly. if you have the right amount, you don't get too much of, like, that uh, earthy coffee kind of sweetness. You just get kind of those bitter notes, which complement the hops really well. And then I feel like the lemon part could go really well with the hops' fruity fruitiness. And, yeah, um, and the lemon the lemon cuts a lot of the um, a lot of that bitterness that you would expect from, from, the, uh, from the coffee and also from the IPA to an extent. But it's almost like, imagine if you took... Uh, 
a mug that had coffee in it and you emptied it out yeah. and you just poured an IPA, it's, it's basically like that. Okay. Very subtle. Uh, so my barley wine, I'll hold it up here. It's not oh, it's quite as dark as it looks here. It's kind of a, a dark, hazy brown. And it's got a lot of sweetness from those bourbon barrels. And, of course, because it's a barley wine. Um, and you you get so much bourbon flavor out of this. Like, it tastes like there's a shot of bourbon in the glass. Um, but that, like, the oakiness of the bourbon and the, like, kind of vanilla sweet notes go really well with the cigar. Like, the, the spice and the intensity of the kind of earthy flavors of the cigar go really well with this beer. Nice. How's, your, how's your first pairing going, Robert? You know, it's uh, maybe coming from being uh, uh, unfiltered and unpasteurized, it's it's really got a maltiness to it now that really kind of sits heavy, a nice little malt. And I and I find that characteristic at the beginning of this cigar quite a bit. So it just now kind of met in the middle. But I'll tell you what it did, um, this last three or four draws on this cigar is, I could imagine if this cigar had three or four or five years of age on it, and I pulled it out of the aging room and I pulled that sleeve off, and, and you know how you open an old old box of Cubans or an old box of Fuente uh, or Añejo or something that had that cedar sleeve, and, and it's three or four years old, and it's been sitting in your aging room, and it has this just this incredible aroma coming off, and when you light oh, it, yeah. it's, it is present. Yeah. Uh, so what I feel like it did is with, with, uh, with the uh, cedar aging on this beer, is I feel like it accelerated this process uh, <laughs> this cigar developing even more flavor or deeper flavor with that citrus and even that maltiness uh, that than it than it than it has you know in its first year release so i can imagine that's how that cigar is really going to develop uh in the years to come and i it kind of gets me excited a little bit because it's clean but it's still it's uh, it's just malty bready and 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 that cedar just kind of lingers and it's it's a nice little soft uh, uh flavor that's it's not nuanced anymore it's it's there it's uh it's it's on the palate it's on the tip of the tongue but it's, it just kind of sits there and finishes off nice and clean so uh i would say it complements it very well not really what i expected but uh it uh it really brought out even more intensity in the already you know the pre-existing flavors that i knew this cigar to have so uh kudos to jester king and el cedra that sounds really good very good so um, we need to get some now <clears throat> yeah i need to try need to that find some Dennis, how's your pairing going? Oh man, I'm loving it. It's real, especially now that it's warming up. And I'm I'm somebody that likes IPAs a little bit warmer than straight out of the fridge, and I you do as well. Yeah. And a lot of that character comes out. You get a lot of that body just developing as it warms up. All right. Before we uh, move on to our next pairing, we've got a quick break for one of our sponsors. We'll be right back. Brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Gurkha Cigars, makers of the world's finest cigars. Try the 93-rated Heritage, featuring a Rosado, Ecuador, and Habana wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican, Pennsylvanian, and Nicaraguan fillers. Blended by Gurkha's blending team at American Caribbean Cigars, it's hand-rolled Nicaraguan, available in 35-count boxes. Talk to your local B&M about the Heritage today, or talk to them about other fine Gurkha cigars. Whatever your taste preference is, Gurkha has a cigar that's right for you. We, we're back. All right, and we're back. Uh, <clears throat> so we've had our first pairing. I had the barley wine, which I, I kind of don't want to move on from this pairing because it's a really good barley wine. It goes really well with the cigar. But I'm going to introduce my next one anyway. Um, and you'll notice me in my little corner of the, of the screen kind of investigating this bottle. So this is from Breakside Brewing, and I'll explain why I'm investigating after. Um, this they call it cultivating mass, 
which Dennis, you probably get that joke. Some some of you guys probably get that yeah. joke. It's a it's always sunny in Philadelphia joke. Uh, this beer doesn't make you fat; it makes you cultivate mass. Um, and, but a really interesting thing: this came out the week before Halloween, and the brewery hid an Easter egg somewhere on this bottle, and I haven't found it yet. But somewhere on this bottle, there's something about the Nightman. They say you have to find the Nightman, and that apparently gives you the address and time of their Halloween party. Oh, cool. Uh, which is a really cool kind of promotion to do. So uh, while, we're, while we're talking, I'm probably going to peel this label <laughs> off and, and get into this and try to figure it out a little bit. Um, but this is a Baltic porter that is aged in rye barrels for 18 months. Mm. Um, and... If you're not familiar with Breakside, you probably haven't watched this show a lot because I, I feature them a lot. Um, they were founded in 2010 in Northeast Portland as a a restaurant and a brew pub. Um, and then in 2013, they expanded and opened a production facility down in my neck of the woods in Southeast Portland. And previously, they were only available in the Pacific Northwest, like in Washington and Oregon and a little bit in Idaho. Um, but I found out today they're they've expanded their distribution so much. They're available in California. They're available, uh, in a couple places on the East coast, like in the Northeast, New York, Pennsylvania kind of area. And like the South Carolina's kind of area. Um, they make, they, they became famous in Portland. Uh, they became local heroes because they brewed 100 beers in a year. Um, the 100th of which was their version of Pliny the Younger. It was a triple IPA that was crazy, crazy hoppy. Um, and they, they still make that every couple of years. Um, but they make very good beer. I'm really excited to try this one. Uh, it's, it's one of their, it's one of their limited releases this fall. Um, and it clocks in at only 10 and a half percent ABV and 30 IBUs. So I'm going to take a couple sips. Let Robert talk about his next beer here. I kind of want to drink yours. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm going to stay in, and uh, here we go. Adelberg's mm-hmm. Brewery. This is Triple B, a.k.a. Bad Be Brew. <laughs> so, this is, uh, this is where we're going to go up to our, our, our Belgian style. So this is a triple. Um, what I liked about this one, um, um, and it's a new brewery to me. I haven't, uh, I haven't had any of their previous releases, but every November they release this Triple B. And uh, it, it, you know, some local guys that uh, have, have been making beer, obviously, for some time. I guess that's how it always starts, right? We all get together. Oh, yeah. We find somebody to put them in a bottle, and uh, you know, we find a way to get a label made, and we sell yeah. them like cigars, right? Uh, but this is an oak barrel aged, uh, and this is a, a bottle restored or a bottle kindle. So every November they release it, and it's one of those beers that when you talk to the few, you know, your, your trusted, you know, brothers and sisters that really enjoy uh beer they tell you, don't be don't be uh don't be scared that they just released it in november this thing is ready because it's been bottle conditioned it's time for you to drink this thing so uh i've been kind of anxious it's been staring at me it came with a, a nice cork and i don't know if you heard the cork pop up yeah yeah but obviously that secondary fermentation's happening in that bottle right i think we could all hear that pop uh, uh i almost hit the ground when i heard it so i'm going to move up to a 9.3 percent belgian triple uh, which this time of year, most people have moved to porters and stouts, but I, I, I like triples and quads this time of year. It, it doesn't get as cold down here. So we'll step yeah. up in January, February for the porters and stouts. But uh, Adelbert's Brewery, Triple B Bad Boy Brew. Um, again, this is that it, it, just on the nose that that oak barrel aging really comes through. I don't it's not a bourbon 
barrel age. Uh, it's a, it's an American oak is what it is. Uh, it's kind of light and subtle, and I'll show you. Um, it's it's almost a bronze color. Um, Nine point three. If you looked at that, you would probably think it's probably in that five to six, you know, yeah. range. You know, but it's it's kind of a nice little bronze bronze color here, a little orange, if you will. And it's you know supposedly it's going to be very complex and throw me for a loop with some 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 different herbs and other things. But we're going to get to that in a minute. But let me give you a tug on this. The Adelbert's Brewing Triple B Belgian. Enjoy. It sounds great. All right, I'm going to jump into my next beer. It is actually from a brewery I've I've never heard of before. I picked it up in the store randomly because I thought the name was really cool. <laughs> and um, so this is called Lord Hobo Brewing Company. The beer is called Boom Sauce. Kind of a it's a great name. Can. Great name, right? Uh, and these guys are based out of Massachusetts, and they're from um, a place called Woburn, Massachusetts. I'm not sure where that is, but uh, their whole thing is they specialize in New England style just any kind of beer that they can make. So IPAs, pale ales, um, and this is their flagship. So in this, the interesting thing about this is they have a blend of spelt, oat, and wheat, which is pretty cool. And they have a lot of hops. They have six different hops, including Mosaic, Falconer's Flight, Amarillo. So a lot of really intense, super citrusy, very tropical kind of fruity hops. And it's really not overpowering. It's 7.8%. So it's still in that kind of sessionable, like East Coast session type of beer. And, you know, it's it's not actually, I was a little surprised. It's not what, what you would expect if you've had a lot of um, New England style IPAs. It's not as sort of thick and creamy and, and cloudy. It's a little clear, more clear than, than typical, but it's really solid. The hop flavor, those six varieties really pop. Nice. Um, and I'm digging so, it. So mine is, it's different than I was expecting. For Baltic Porter, I was expecting it to be a little lighter than a, like an Imperial Stout. Um, a Baltic Porter is kind of an Imperial Porter. Um, this tastes like an Imperial Stout to me. It's, it's like, and it's heavy and syrupy on the palate which unfor- unfortunately conflicts with the cigar a little bit. Uh, I feel like it covers up some of the spicy, uh, sweet notes of the cigar. And you end up really only getting like some cedar and some uh, like dark earthy flavors. And I'm, I'm missing that spice now. But sometimes, sometimes pairings go that way. Yeah. The, the beer itself is, is very good, but um, I can see why they gave it the name they did it. It tastes so heavy. Um, like... <laughs> Even though it's only 10%, which, I mean, 10% is high, but it's not crazy. Um, I, I wouldn't want two of these. It, it would be way too much for me. Um, and I couldn't find the Nightman. I, I don't know oh, if yeah. maybe that was on a previous release that I was reading about, um, but but I failed. There was no Nightman. Uh, it's like the Wonka Golden Ticket you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, right? Yeah. All, all five of them have already been found. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, Halloween was a couple months ago. This right, is right. true. I have to say, I'm getting some really nice heavy cedar notes from the cigar now. At this point, I'm I'm pretty far in, just yeah. getting to the to the primary band, and I really like it. It's not it's it's a really kind of in your face cedar, but in a good way. It's not like that subtle afterthought cedar. It's it's really popping out of the cigar. Beautiful. How about how about yours, Robert? How's that triple? Um, well, kind of just the opposite of yours. You know, you think of a a triple or a quad Belgian, maybe as that richer, thicker, syrupier kind of residual sugar that's in that and and for me this is much lighter than i thought it would be but what it's done is it's uh it's it's brought to the front nuances in a cigar that typically i only get if i retrohel it i know the cigar i blended the cigar i've been smoking it for years but now i don't even have to retrohel so really what this has done this 
this there's a there's a a toffee butter butteriness to this, but there's a clove uh, element to it that really I I find in the cigar when I have the cigar by myself just with a cup of coffee and I retro hell it um, almost a a like a sweet pepper right it's it's uh it's like mixing honey and red pepper together but it's really coming out in this uh this particular beer and uh um even you know that burnt sugar and a touch of maybe like cinnamon it's it's like you you'd knock the crust off a creme brulee but it's yeah. still got, you know, it's still got a lot of body to it so it's brought out some elements in the cigar that typically uh might be disguised at this point so i'm actually enjoying it it's on the lighter side uh, but it's such a clean finish. So every draw of the cigar and every sip of the beer, it's a whole new experience. And then it kind of just, it's not, it, for a heavy cigar, this thing really is clean on the palate to me. It doesn't. Yeah, it really is. And this, this, this beer has allowed that clove and that vanilla and that burnt sugar to really come through on this second part of the, you know, the second third of the cigar. And I'm actually enjoying the brightness of it. Yeah, that, that is kind of the opposite of my experience. Um, and now that I'm, now that I put the beer down for a couple minutes, I really do taste that like that red pepper and honey. I absolutely, I get exactly the same thing. I, I completely know what you mean. And we got Chico Ray watching from Orlando. He just says, "What's up, guys?" We're Chico. If you're just joining us, we're smoking the Southern Draw Jacob's Ladder. Uh, it is a very strong cigar. Double Ajero, double double broadleaf, or is it double Pennsylvania broadleaf? Uh, it's double broadleaf. We'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> But it's double broadly, double a hero. Yeah, it's it's uh it's an intense experience, this cigar. And I just I just took off my second band there because I've kind of reached that point. And before we introduce our final beers here, I'm, we're just gonna take one more break. Uh, we'll be right back after a message from our sponsor. This show is sponsored by Cigar Oasis. Don't spend all your time worrying about your cigar wrappers cracking, splitting, or falling apart from humidity fluctuation issues. Set it and forget it by choosing Cigar Oasis, a professional solution which provides equal distribution of humidity with precise electronic controls. Monitor your cigars through the internet using the smart humidor Wi-Fi attachment. Why don't you spend all your time enjoying your cigars and relaxing and let Cigar Oasis protect your cigars. Cigar Oasis has solutions for any humidor. Make sure you set it and forget it today. Very subtle cigar to absorb and maybe even enhance each one of those individually. Uh, a lighter or milder body kinetic would actually probably allow each one of those hops to come through and those characteristics. That's just my own palate, but uh, a, a medium to full body cigar on, on something with that much character, it's it's going to get muddled and muddy. Yeah, uh, yeah. My, yeah my absolutely. Experiences. So, so we came back from the break there while Robert was talking. We were just talking about Dennis's beer. Dennis, talk about your your beer for our our faithful listeners and viewers here. So you know the the beer on it on its own New England New England style IPA, six different hops. It's really complex. It's really nice. Uh, unfortunately, the hops kind of took over that sweet pepper of the cigar, um, and it's just staying on the palate. It's just it's not going away. So sadly, this beer I think is not doing too well with the cigar. And and like I said individually, they're fantastic. That th and that that exact situation happens. You can have a fantastic beer and a fantastic cigar, um, and if they don't match, they don't match. So my last beer, I'm going to show you the can here. Um, it's in a crowler that oh, Dennis is going to recognize. What that is. Wait, um, hold on. I have a check out my glass. It's yeah, tall. there you I can't go. See it, I guess. Same place. So this is <laughs> a a crowler from Rattle and Hum in New York City. Um, there, of course. Dennis's local beer bar. My, my second job. Yeah. Uh, and and Dennis sent me this beer, so that's why I have it. Um, 
it's from a brewery called Pipeworks, and this is their barrel-aged hyper dog. So Pipeworks, um, I, I hadn't heard of them before because they don't distribute out here at all. Apparently, they were established in Chicago in 2012 by two friends who homebrewed together and just thought, you know, we should make a brewery. And so they did. And they started self-distributing in Chicago, and they still, in Chicago, they self-distribute. Uh, they have their own trucks where if you buy their beer for your store, your restaurant, or whatever— um, they come and they deliver it to you. Uh, they are also distributed by distributors in a couple of other states, New York, Connecticut, Colorado, and the Boston area. Um, but I couldn't find much info on the Hyperdog. Uh, they had a picture of the bottle label on their website, and that was about it. So I don't know too many details about this. I, don't, I only know that it's about 14% ABV. There have been a couple different versions of it. Um, and I'm not even sure which version this is. I'm guessing it's the standard barrel age, but they also have one with chocolate, one with um, chili pepper, one with coffee. Yours, yours actually may be chocolate, if I'm not mistaken. Well, I'll, I'll find out soon. Uh, but while I'm taking some sips, I'm going to let Robert talk about his final beer of the evening. Final beer. Hey, I'm staying right here in Central Texas. Strangeland Brewing, the last gentleman. And again... Um, I, I wanted to try something that I haven't had a lot of familiarity with that didn't have my own opinions of before tonight. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a bourbon porter. Uh, it's an American-style porter. Um, it's uh, per the brewery's website. These are bourbon-infused stays, so they're not actually from a bourbon barrel. They're actually infusing the stays in a 60- to 90-day uh, uh, finish out on this beer is what they're doing. So I think what we'll find there is that's probably a lighter style. It probably won't have so much of that bourbon flavoring into it. Uh, it's what they call an early winter porter, so it is, uh, mm -hmm. it is be a little lighter. It's got a big head on it. It's very frothy, almost like a root beer float here. Yeah. Right? Uh, maybe I didn't pour it properly but uh, in my haste. But I tell you, you can tell the body is a little lighter. It is a little creamier on top there. Uh, but it's a it's a lighter style porter. But we're going to try this thing out. You know, it's uh, uh, again an Austin, Texas uh, brewery that's really taken off. They're doing some great things. Um, a lot of press around here on this brewery, and I, I think uh, maybe even tonight uh, they're at one of the local cigar shops doing a tasting event. I know. Uh, oh wow. Skip and Michael are over at Casa de Monte Cristo, or Skip is at Casa de Monte Cristo doing Whiskey Wednesday. So they're not there, but they're somewhere here in the in town. Um, but uh, we're going to give it a shot. The last gentleman, Strangeland American Bourbon Porter, and I'm hoping this gets gets me up here in this last third of this cigar where I can really see something robust and something that's life changing. But I'll get back to to you after I take a few sips and miss. <laughs> All right, Dennis, how about yours? All right, I got a weird one for you. We've had some weird stuff on the show before, but I think this this may be pretty close to the top of the cake. Um, so this comes in at 8.7%. It comes from a, uh, a brewery out in Long Island, New York called Decadent Ales. And the label is really cool. So it's called S'mores. It's got a little guy on there. It's a nice label. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, kind of funky design. And it's exactly what you think. It's literally, it is s'mores in a glass. Just super kinda intense. Like, uh... Kind of like Dino S'mores. Have you ever had that out of it's, Chicago it's, from Off Color? It's more, yeah. So it's actually more intense, and I love Off Color. Wow. And um, it's more intense than that. It's literally that smoky campfire flavor. I don't know how they did it, but they, they managed to do it. And it's an IPA. It's a double dry hopped IPA, which is interesting. Yeah. They did a huge addition of Citra, and then they added, uh, I have to read it off because there's a lot of stuff, but 
Um, so they have marshmallows, graham crackers, Madagascar vanilla bean, cinnamon, and a touch of chocolate. And I think when they say touch, they mean a lot. <laughs> because it, I, to me, it really, really does taste like, imagine if you bite into a payday, the peanut, like yeah. peanut caramel bar, right? You bite into a payday, but you cover that in Hershey's chocolate. That's what it tastes like. That's basically the IPA. That sounds uh, intense. different and very good. And so, it smells really good. So yeah, I've been trying to decode this hype dog. I believe this is the version that I, I don't know exactly what's in it. Um, I'll try to look it up on their website while we're uh, while while the other guys are talking here. I believe this has chocolate and coffee. Um, it may have something else, but I'm not sure what. Um, but it's interesting because it's actually really close to the mouthfeel of the cultivating mass. But the bitterness and it's got a little bit less sweetness. So it goes way better with the cigar. I, um, I'm trying to figure out what flavors I'm getting from the cigar. I, strangely, I mean, the, the, the beer is very chocolatey. And I actually am now suddenly getting some like dark cocoa kind of flavors from the cigar, um, which it may be other flavors that are kind of piggybacking off of the flavor of the beer. Um, but I definitely wasn't getting any chocolate before. And it does, uh, it doesn't heighten the spice very much, but it kind of highlights it a little bit. How's your pairing going there, Robert? Um, well, I'm at that last third of the cigar, right where that main band is. And I think I can see this is right about there. You're just a fraction behind us, but yeah. you know, yeah. this, this, this beer um, is nothing like the description. Um, it, it is Sam's bourbon. There is, there's just no bourbon element to it at all for me. And maybe it's because it was an infused oak instead of actually using a, a barrel that, uh, uh, that actually was going to impart flavor for a longer, you know, a longer 60, 90 days in a bourbon barrel, but obviously great flavors and some, some, some of that charred oak, that char, that body you're looking for, but it doesn't have it. This is a, it's a sweeter beer. Uh, it's, it's, but it's very floral. It's almost putting me off you know it's uh i feel like i just uh walked into a, a an alfalfa barn right it just it smells of, <laughs> of of herbs and floral mate you know it's just it's it's just not it's not working for me and um that's the one i was most excited about this should work because in this last third of this cigar and, and the more i taste the beer is this is kind of has for me this last third really has a chocolate coffee kind of like a like a cappuccino kind of uh thing going on but it has a little bit of an anise almost like a, a rock if you're a, a rock if you're lebanese but a niche you know it has it has this sambuca coffee and sambuca quality mm -hmm. and aroma and flavor and maybe that is overpowering the beer um and then it, it really gets that that smoked meat beef jerky salt and pepper kind of plate of me on the last third which actually my my favorite part of this so i had higher hopes that this would complement it well but uh Either this cigar is just uh, too strong on the last third, or they didn't put enough into this to really bring in those bourbon chocolate, you know, rich sweetnesses, and it's more floral and it's almost lighter than any of the other two years. I've Interesting. Had. Not what I expect. That's really strange. So I I did figure out um, that. So my beer, my hyper dog. This is the barrel aged hyper dog. It's thirteen percent ABV, and this version. I believe is the Imperial Milk Stout brewed with dark matter coffee, vanilla beans, and cacao nibs, and then aged in 12-year Elijah Craig barrels. Um, I mean, I'm getting coffee, cacao nibs, and vanilla bean. 
So I, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. And uh, Azure Craig sounds about right. Yeah, and and that's what it tastes like. Marriage in heaven with the rest of that cigar, I would think, just by definition. There, it, it's going very well with the cigar. But I also want to address a couple of audience questions from Chico Ray. So actually, first, Irving Tejeda says, "Been there, great bar." I don't know which bar he's talking about. I think he, oh, Rattle and Hum. He might be talking about Rattle and Hum. Yeah. Um, Chico Ray has two questions. First, have any of us had strawberry milk stout? He had it on Monday, and it was amazing. I've never had it, but that sounds amazing. I have. I have. Um, the beauty of doing business with people in the cigar industry is you get to try some crazy, crazy mm-hmm. combinations. I have. I want to say it was uh, winter 2015. I had a strawberry and a raspberry milk stout, and um, I'm trying to think of the brewery. It was obviously it was a it was a North Coast San Diego brewery, and I got to think of it in a minute. And it might be one of the Belching Beavers or Mother Earth because I know they're famous for their peanut butter porters. But I'm going to think about this milk stout in just a moment of, uh, of of who brought that to me while you guys chat a little. Um, well, actually, I've got another question for you, also from Chico Ray. That's a very important question, which is where can he get Southern Draw in Orlando? Um, you know, Chico brother, I. Uh, our cigars are available to anybody that wants them, and we only want shops that want to have them. So we're not everywhere. We are in 500 shops. <laughs> to my knowledge, um, to my knowledge. Uh, are you guys in Corona? I know they're in Orlando. Not in Corona. Okay. Uh, I wish we were. I, I'd be proud to say we were. But Chico, if you will uh, just shoot me a message or shoot shoot you guys a message, I will find the closest retailer to you. And, and if it's not convenient for you, one of those Florida retailers will probably ship you whatever you would like, a sampler or something of that nature. One thing our retailers do a great job of is they reach out into the community and make sure that uh, if you haven't tried them and you can't access them, um, they'll get them over to you so you can try them out. And, and what will happen is somebody local will uh, decide they want to support the local market. But I appreciate the inquiry. But unfortunately, uh, Florida is, uh, it's, it's, you know, we started in the panhandle and we're all the way down into the Keys, you know, South Florida. But we need to get uh, to that Orlando and uh, the Tampa area and spend a little more time. So uh, um, we'll, we'll, get you, we'll get you the right place that can support you over there. I'll, I'll, uh, we'll find out after the show. I'll comment back on your question here uh so we can let you know chico dennis how's that final pairing going for you you know i've been funky? thinking about it it's it's a it, yeah it's really funky the, so the, the beer is cool it's different it's not uh it's it's not mind-blowing in the sense of like i can have more than one i think my limit on this beer would be half or maybe one um <laughs> as as far as the cigar goes really interesting i've noticed something and i think robert made a really cool point about the, the whole beef jerky salt kind of thing going on um, when I, when I hit that part of the cigar, I immediately thought of a, a beef jerky that I had. I can't remember the name, but it was a ghost pepper beef jerky. And it had that same sort of, you get the meatiness and you get that, that dryness, that sort of dry heat that has all that flavor and all that flavor is carried in that dryness. And, uh, I like it actually. So this is, this is actually also my, fr- my favorite third of the cigar. The yeah. Pairing, uh, I'm still kind of on the fence about. There's definitely in like I, I just got to the kind of the point where I had to take the the primary band off, if you will. Um, and I'm definitely getting like that salty, spicy beef jerky kind of richness. It's really, really good, really pleasant. Umami, perhaps. Umami. That's that's yeah. one way to say. It. If if you sit out by a barbecue grill where you have ribs or a brisket or you know a, a nice piece of beef that you 
traditionally seasoned with salt and pepper and that, that woodiness, when that smoke comes across your face, that's really what I get. That meaty, fatty kind of yeah. salt and pepper. And, you know, I tell people, if you're going to smoke it, you should eat some protein anyway. So it might be good to go have a steak or, uh, you know, barbecue, go to your local barbecue place and then go enjoy it. But there's something about it that just, uh, that brings that sitting by the, sitting by the smoker, sitting by the grill with that meat sizzling, you know, that smoke coming off. That's what it does. Um, to uh, go back to the question on the strawberry milk stout, now I feel bad. I actually checked my notes, which I keep notes, believe it or not. Um, it is a Texas uh, brewery called Ranger Creek in San cool. Antonio. And every year uh, in the summer, they harvest, in Texas, it's known as Poteet, Texas, Poteet strawberries. And if you ever heard of Bluebell ice cream, their strawberry ice cream, they only take strawberries from Poteet, right? So it's kind of a famous okay. community. But their, their strawberry milk stout that comes out, I think, late summer uh, is the only one that I have, have had, according to my notes. And it's Ranger Creek Brewing in San Antonio, Texas. Man, a strawberry milk stout just sounds like a, a fantastic combination. I've had, yeah. uh, when, I, when I started reading the question, I thought it was going to be about strawberry milkshake IPAs, which are good. <laughs> but I feel like a strawberry milk stout is going to be like out of this world good. It's one of those things you need a keg for your local family picnic or family reunion and everybody gets schnockered because it's so sweet and so good. So even those people <laughs> that like corner and never talk, they'll drink it. Yeah. And then- We'll talk it some horseshoes or whatever everybody does, but it's a it's a it's a it's a great social beer if I recall, and it's like sitting around uh, homemade ice cream, which is something we do in the south. You know, uh, we have socials around it, but uh, I think it's something everybody ought to ought to try to find uh, because I think it'll get people outside their box, right, their comfort zone. They'll drink it and they'll get schnockered. Yeah, and and I, I've had a lot of beers that have those strawberry flavors, but aren't necessarily strawberry flavored. Right. Um, and strawberry is like a really natural flavor in a stout. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that brings us to our final uh, ad of the night. So this section is brought to you by our friends over at Drew Estate. Uh, go by the, I don't know, the Pappy Van Winkle tradition or the new Underground Sun Grown. Or if your shop has them yet, uh, those little four by uh, 32s, those little tins, those are fantastic. They're little... Little four by thirty twos and a tin for twenty bucks. You can't go wrong with those things. And we're back. Um, so I'm gonna go back over my beers a little bit because I'm probably I'm actually I don't think I'm gonna go back to the cultivating mass because simply because it's not a bad beer. Um, but I don't want to jack my palate up for this cigar. And the other two beers didn't jack my palate up, and that one did. Uh, so I'm I'm gonna take a sip, a couple sips of my uh, my Bourbon County here. Now that it's been sitting out, warming up a little bit. Um, so I, I don't remember if I mentioned it before, but this is actually 60 IBUs, which is pretty bitter for a barley wine. Um, and that bitterness really comes through, but it's kind of balanced by the sweetness of the barrel aging and and just kind of the natural sweetness of a barley wine that they have. And I think now that I've been smoking more of the cigar, the cigar brings out a lot of fruitiness in the beer. Um, and the beer is still kind of bringing out those spicy notes, which I really like. Um, the other beers kind of cover up the spice a little bit. And I mean, with Pennsylvania Broadleaf, it's all about spice. Absolutely. That and that Esteli Lajero, of course. Uh, yeah. And of course the Esteli Lajero. Yeah. Um, you know, some, some pairings are successful. Some are failures. Not all of them are complimentary. Some of them are contrasting. You know, that El Cidro 
was a perfect starter for the first third of this cigar. And I know we started our cigars a few minutes before the broadcast, but um, again, noted that it really brought out this fruitiness in the beer, um, kind of this dried fruit, you know, flavor on the cigar when it started. So it really did that. And I tell you that Citra did nothing to conflict it. It really, uh, it really um, allowed the cigar to shine through, but the beer was still nice and clean and rich and, um, um, the cedar notes on it were just kind of a, a perfect complement to get started. When I stepped up to that Belgian triple, um, again, um, just incredible uh, distinction in the in the in the second third of that cigar, which is where that clove and some of those other spices and that salt and pepper spice started coming through. But the triple wasn't so heavy that it left a sweet or syrupy or, or thick coating on my palate, right? So it was perfect. And unfortunately for me, the big disappointment was uh, uh, this bourbon porter. And nothing against the bourbon porter, nothing against uh, the, the brewery at all. But uh, it did not uh, end with the power and the richness um, and that, that bourbon flavor, that big charred oak that I thought I would get for this last third of the cigar, which yeah. I think this third needed it. This third's got a lot of power. And uh, it's got a, a lot of richness and meatiness, and I think uh, it just uh, it just uh, overpowered the beer to a point where uh, I almost, if I could do it again, I would start with the last gentleman first, then move to the uh, to the El Cidro, and then the triple afterwards. But uh, the first two were perfect, you know, uh, they worked well. And next time, I think I would go to uh, to uh, Dennis's s'more beer because <laughs> that, that seemed like the way to finish any meal, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Dennis, how how about your pairings? So I'm I'm just going back through all my pairings, and uh, you know the so the s'more was good, and it's still good, and it fits well, and that's one of those things where I feel like it would fit well from the beginning to the end of the cigar. Um, but the one pairing that really did it for me, believe it or not, was this this uh, coffee lemonade IPA because it still allows a cigar to sort of. Um, you get a lot of the cigar flavors. You, you notice, right? It's 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 still there. You get the meatiness. You still get all the essence of the cigar without being overpowered by the drink. Meanwhile, you can still also enjoy the drink as well. And that's a really nice balance. So for me, I'd say that's probably the best one of the night. So a lot of times we give our pairings rating, and I'm gonna I'm gonna actually retro like go back a little bit, and I. If I were to change the order of these, the Bourbon County uh, barley wine, I'm only showing this top label because it's got, it says Bourbon County there, but you, you guys can't even read that. Um, so all three of these get a 95 act. I'm, I'm going wow. back, even the bad one, because the Bourbon County brings out some of like the, the real spice and intensity of that first third. In the second third, it starts to settle down a little bit and it starts to take on that meaty quality, but it's really kind of uh, a mix of sweet and earth and a lot of spice still. And I feel like the Pipeworks uh, Hyper Dog, I keep thinking it's Hype Dash Dog, but it's Hyper Dog, um, goes really well with that second third. And then once you get into the meatiness, which I, I wasn't there yet when I started drinking my uh, Breakside Cultivating Mass, and that actually goes really well with the final third of this. So, uh, I mean, the lesson there is if you're going to smoke this cigar, open three different beers and uh, drink one for each third. It's, uh, it's definitely complex. Yeah, it warrants three different drinks. I, I mean, you can stand up to it. 
it's got those transitions that Robert, you were talking about that before the show. And I don't think I gave the transitions quite enough credit before doing this pairing. Um, There are some really distinct transitions in this cigar. Right. And I'm glad you noticed it's, I don't know if you just stayed with Bourbon County, if you would have experienced the same transitions in this cigar, maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe that happened for you. Um, But you got to open that door. Um, um, You forced, you forced, your palate to uh, adjust on yeah. those three years. And as such, you were able to enjoy the transitions in the cigar. We really, it's not a pride thing, but we really strive to create a cigar that does have three unique thirds uh, in our core line. Uh, the quick draw line really is all about one flavor, one body, and just push it through to yeah. the end. Um, but, but these are really intended that way. That's how they're bunched. That's how they're blended. Um, it's uh there's not really any subtle nuances that are that are accidental, right? Um, so, you know, for me, um, what I wanted to accomplish was kind of go a lot lighter. I started lighter than I thought I should to kind of yeah. see. But the other thought of, for me was um, I really haven't been drinking. I've been on the wagon for a bit trying to eat healthier and do some things. Unfortunately, Brother Skip Martin knocked me off a little bit, but that's... Skip, that's Skip's <laughs> got a way of doing that. And when you got 5,000 bottles of beer in your HQ and uh, and most of those are rare and difficult to get and uh, way outside my budget um, you just say thank you but uh, uh, but that El Cidro was a perfect way to start perfect way to come back to the team and and you know put that put that uh, beautiful bright flavor profile on those nice citrus notes and those cedar notes there uh, again I'm like you 94 95 if, if I would suggest it to anybody I think when this cigar comes out in a uh, Lancero, it's going to be a whole other game. Oh, oh man! Stronger and goes stronger and stronger. Uh, that second third, once just before you get to that secondary band, uh, to me, uh, it's a very it's more distinct transition the second to the third. But uh, that Belgian triple was perfect. It was uh, rich enough to carry it. Uh, it really brought out a lot of those spices and uh, kind of what a brewing spice would do for you in a beer, mm-hmm. right? Which you know, Dennis had six six hops in one. I mean, that just kind of blows my mind of the complexity that beer must have had in it. So, you know, again, I'm going to say 94 to 95 on that on that second, third, and the second pairing with the uh, Adelbert's Brewing Triple B. Big, big, what did, what did I say? Big, big Boy Brew. Brew. Big Boy Brew. Nicely yeah. done. And they're new to me, so I'm going to give them some hype after this. And unfortunately, you know, uh, I don't want to... Uh, to, to disparage Strangeland Brewing because they've got a lot of good things going on. But I think if I would have really thought about it, that a light style winter, early winter porter was really lighter than I'd anticipated. It yeah. really didn't have the body yet. Uh, it didn't have the age that it needed to really stand up to this last third. It was probably just my mistake. I fell in love with this last gentleman bourbon porter. And when you see that, you know, on, on a little shelf with dust on the bottle, you go, that's got to be the one to finish the night. And I made a mistake, but uh, I would drink that beer again. Um, but I would uh, I would probably move to something with uh, more body, uh, a little more, you know, a little more power. Um, you know, what we find in porters and stouts this, this time of year is if we can get to that 10 to 12, 13 percent, they've got some age, they've got some depth, they've got complexity. And uh, it really needed it for this last third of the cigar. So shame on me for that. But. I'll correct it. Rest your <laughs> What about I'll you, say, Dennis? Um, you know what? For me, so overall for the total cigar, the coffee nade that was that was my first pairing, that comes in at about ninety-four. Uh, unfortunately can't say the same for the second pairing, which was the boom sauce from Lord Hobo. 
the hops were too strong. It was just too much. It was a great beer, mm -hmm. really complex. It didn't do anything for the cigar, and it kind of, I feel like, it took away from the flavors of the cigar at that point. And I feel like it would have done the same throughout the whole cigar. So that's about an 89, strong 89 and maybe 90. Um, and the decadent, you know, uh, it's it's definitely very decadent. That's without a doubt. It's an intense beer. But, um, you know, that's a good 90 for me. Yeah, I think tonight the, the, the coffee lemonade really won, wins the, the prize. Nice. And uh, before we close out, Chico Ray says, in other words, we got to make sure we eat before smoking the cigar. Oh, that is a resounding uh, yes, yes. You must. So this, uh, this cigar basically to me, if I were to describe it to somebody that's never had it before, I would say this is a firecracker wrapped in velvet. That's what it is. <laughs> it's great. That's a good way to put it. It starts off. It starts off and it lets you know where it's going. Yeah. And then the spice slowly, slowly diminishes uh but it does get stronger from there uh it really lets you know that it's going to be a strong cigar as soon as you light it with all that like that pepper and that spice and that intensity and just like the richness uh but then as the spice goes down the richness comes up uh and so does the power it's a i mean this is a this is a strong cigar we were talking to john last night about it about how we were going to have this show surgeon um and he was saying how he smoked it for breakfast at IPCPR, <laughs> and Robert could not believe his eyes. <laughs> John and one other gentleman that is uh, not to be named from Fayetteville, North Carolina, that may or may not be a Drew State rep, smoked it for breakfast. And yeah. uh, uh, one of which, I won't name any names, uh, was horizontal pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, I could see that with this cigar. This oh, is yeah. Cigar. It to be the first smoke the Gordo for eight o'clock breakfast, even before the show opened. I went more power to you. I've been smoking it for a few years, and I will tell you that if it didn't have the amount of age on it, it would be a much more powerful cigar. This oh, is actually sure. one of those cigars that mellows out. It gets more complexity, but it mellows out on the nicotine with time. Uh, but when this was a, a, a new blend and first hit the aging brother, uh, it was uh, to use uh, to use. Uh, uh, a line from Walk the Line, the movie, sit down, kneel down, or lie down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I say eat a little bit of protein. It's not for vegans, man. If all you eat is cauliflower and lentils, <laughs> I, I would agree with that. I mean, I yes. could see, I was thinking before when you were talking about like smoking, smoking a brisket, I could see cutting up some brisket and just sitting there and slowly eating brisket while I'm smoking this cigar. Yes. It would, that would be a good pairing. Yeah, it'd be beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> all right. And that, that brings us to the end of the show. We went a little bit over, but that's all right. That's what we do sometimes. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching, especially our Armed Forces Radio Network listeners. We appreciate you guys out there doing things we're not built to do, except for Robert. Uh, I do want to recognize, Robert, you are a veteran. Appreciate thank you it. for your service. Um, and, again, thank you to everybody out there listening, watching. Thank you for your comments. Uh, we appreciate you guys supporting us in uh, hanging out and doing what we love to do. Everybody, we want you to drink better, but we want you to drink less. <laughs>